Dead Bod Rap This is episode 10, episode X, if you will. We are a group of individuals with a certain skill set, expertise, and that would be meaningless circular debate about rap. <laughs> That's where we bring the heat. It's like Kevin Durant, amazing athlete, you know what I mean? Um, there's supermodels in the world. We bring to the game arcane rap knowledge, um, and we're here to share it with you. My name is Damone Carter, a.k.a. Dem1, your struggle rap professional, here for all your needs. Got tapes in the trunk if you need them. I am joined by fizzy water enthusiast, avid record collector, Mr. Nate LeBlanc. How's it going? What's up, everybody? Happy to be here. Happy to be talking about rap music, and in this case, rap ephemera, journalism. Mm. Um, how else are you going to learn about the culture, especially back in the day? Right. That one source that one source issue that had Africa Bambata on it that explained the four elements that we was we used to hover over that magazine <laughs> like it was the the lost ark in Indiana Jones. And to my right, speaking of hip hop journalism, we have an incredible writer who's been featured in The Guardian, The Source, and quite a bit in Wax Poetics. It's Mr. Dave Ma. How's it going? What's going on guys? Really happy to be here. My uh, dad Bod is in full effect. So, uh, yeah, good to see everybody. Dave, Dave is flexing on us right now. I just want to let you know that. He is neither a dad or has a dad bod. So it's kind of like a humble brag on the rest of us here. But that's fine. We love him anyway. Um, so to, to kick us off today, we, we've got a power-packed show. I'm just, I just want to tell you. This huge is guest. Huge, huge guest. Um, so we are going to start off, though, with a, a little discussion that I alluded to about um rap magazines you know it, it was for me it was like whatever porno mags i could score from my stepdad and then the source and then later on kind of rap pages and and 4080 can we talk a little bit i guess about rap magazines you know what were your joints kind of the role that they played in the in the hip-hop game pre-internet sure if you will um so you have to start with the source. It's the most prominent rap magazine. I was actually kind of late to it. Um, the one I remember really well was, I believe it was the 500th issue with LL on the cover, and they did all their lists, right. their That's best right. ofs and right. stuff. It's right. in my garage somewhere. I just, until Ego Trip's book of rap lists, right. that was the premier kind of source of what we talk about all the time, which mm -hmm. is this kind of ranking, these circular mm -hmm. conversations, this ephemera like the kind of the celebration of the the nerdistry if right. you will mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so i didn't know about all that was going on at the source at the time but that's okay um <laughs> would be a great doc though yeah right? totally if they could ever get that together totally <laughs> benzino yes I would, I would first night streaming <laughs> with popcorn ready to go um i was a big grand royal guy i was a mm -hmm. beastie boys obsessive when i was younger and they mm -hmm. put out a really good magazine um i still have the Bismarcky flexi disc cover of benny and the jets mm. i would actually play it at gigs very occasionally at yeah. the end of the night um they have great Great articles in there. It was it was it was a, truly a hip hop magazine. They covered other things, but mm -hmm. the whole pastiche style would be right. very familiar to anyone who listened to Paul's Boutique. And the reverence for hip hop was really strong. 
Um, there's some UK magazines um, that covered the culture really well. Uh, Wire, even though it's kind of an experimental music magazine, right. uh, really had good writers and like good coverage, especially for new releases at the time. Um, there's some Bay Area stuff. Attack. Um, ATAK was more mm. like a zine. It was a self-distributed zine. It's now the name is now associated with a um, tattoo place in downtown. But huh. there was a it was like a mail order thing, and it really covered like the local San Jose thing um, at the time. Okay. There was Bomb Magazine. There was Forty Eighty. Yeah. I'm not above reading a Murder Dog issue. I'm murder Dog. Fascinated wow. by that side of the culture, especially the ads. The ads for that amazing are a amazing. treasure trove. Wow. You're right. Um, wow. And then you know, I have to uh, kind of. This is where I first read Oliver Wang, Wasu, mm-hmm. uh, Dave Tompkins, right. um, just all the great hip hop writers. This was their forum. We had our own local guy, Todd Inoue. Mm-hmm. Shout to Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, keep getting those iTunes checks. Um, he wrote the kind of from a hip hop perspective for our local weekly magazine, The Metro. Right. Right. Um, so as much as I've always been a rap fan, I'm a rap writing fan, and that's you know mm. one of the things I really respect about Dave is he's really out there like covering things and doing these in depth interviews. Um, him and I get to nerd out beforehand and afterward about what we're going to ask all these guys, but his name's in the byline and like, he's just, he's one of my favorite rap writers and he's sitting here in my living room. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Just, you know, it's, it's great for us to kind of have that experience, but, um, yeah, man. And then I just have to say today's a sad day. There's one less hip hop magazine, um, in the world and we're going to kind of get to that soon. But, um, for now, leave it there. Man, you said murder dog. <laughs> you took me to a time and a and a place. Um, also in that vein, uh, on the kind of zine level, shout out to the booty crack. Mm. Um, we kind of on a Facebook thread went down memory lane on the booty crack. Did you know what that was? was? Oh no. my god, it was San so Jose great. based. Not no. even rap so much as like black alt, culture, alt black culture yeah. magazine. Wow. Yeah, um, inc- it, just absolutely incredible okay. in its crudeness. Um, it was like Mad Magazine meets The Source meets Murder Dog. Totally. Uh, so this is how I came upon Booty Crack, and I took a bunch of issues because they were all stacked up. We've all come upon Booty Crack. <laughs> um, if we're the bangers who are our friends who yes. are a DJ and production crew, the finger bangers at the time, um, were recording vocals for what became their album um, at this studio in San Jose. I can't remember the name of, and there were stacks and stacks of the booty crack Mm -hmm. um, sitting around. So I grabbed a couple of them and I was reading it and cracking up. And this gives you a sense of the aesthetic and the ethos of booty crack. It was around the time of the Michael Jackson investigations Mm -hmm. and trials. Mm -hmm. And the headline was just fuck Mike. (laughs) And then this long article about like, if he's touching kids, then we're done with Mike. Like it was amazing. So I took, you know, probably my five issues home in my, my uh, Honda Accord. My dad finds it, nice, and he's kind of like, "What is this? What it's hilarious!" <laughs> and then that's because your dad's the coolest. It, my dad is the coolest guy in the world. And yeah. so Shout out to Nate's dad. Throughout my family, my, he sent one to my <laughs> uncle Steve in New York, and he's like, "What? This is amazing! Where do you get this?" And I was just like, at the time, I didn't know a thing about it except yeah. for that. Luckily, there was something for me to read because if you've ever heard a DJ crew do a recording, it is very repetitive. Right, mm-hmm. right. So I'm there for three hours. Oof. like reading the booty crack cover to cover um i we found out a little bit more about it we'll delve into it in a future episode maybe Abs- but shout absolutely. to the booty crack that is a 
great piece of San Jose history and hip hop. It, it was history. World Star before World Star. That is a really good way of putting yeah, it. And it shout would, to Billy Jam. There's an article on the Ami blog um, about mm. the kind of he interviews the guy who did the booty crack. Oh okay. no way! In, in the investigation on it. We'll post a link. Okay, on we'll, post oh, a, dope, we'll post dope. a link dope. to yeah, that. It's great. Um, shout out to Billy Jam though. I mean, paving the way for us oh, rap writers. Yeah, totally. Man. So, so yeah, you had very highbrow publications such as the Booty Crack. Um, <laughs> and some little zine like Wire. Wire. <laughs> also, shout out to um, Unsigned and Hella Broke, oh. which was, um, which is, uh, was a, a backpacky uh, zine uh, that Mystic Journeyman, kind of the, the spearheads of the mm-hmm. Living Legends crew, put out. One of my claims to fame in life is that um, my group, Lackadaisical, was mentioned in a 93 Dope. issue of of unsigned and hella broke which is sitting on some swedish guys <laughs> uh cabinet somewhere he's got all the issues pristinely kept <laughs> i feel like there's always like a guy in sweden or germany that just has everything from my rap formative right. years like he's your biggest up. fan absolutely yeah absolutely. when i was selling records hard they all went to japan or germany it's just <laughs> is like that right? every, every good rap record is in japan and germany i had a i had a guy from uh and Germany means kind of Western Europe in this right, right, right. construction, <laughs> right. but had, almost always Germany. I had a guy from Sweden who hit me up in the MySpace era and was like, can I put out your old stuff on tape? No. And this was like, you know, kind of early 2000s. Yeah, pre-tapes being cool again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> He's early like, to the game. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> but um, in, in retrospect, that was dumb. I should have I went out to Sweden and made that happen. Yeah. So, but back to rap mags, the, you alluded to it. Nate, um, there is not necessarily a rap mag, but definitely uh, a a cultural hip hop kind of cultural um, magazine that for me, if I saw it, I was like, oh, you're cooler than me. That's (laughs) that was it was like an identifier of of another level of of kind of 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 swag and cool. And that's uh, Wax Poetics, um, which Dave has has done quite a bit of work for um, and no more print. No more, print. Right no more print. And, you know, it's the way of the world, though. And, you know, I will say this. I mean, I think we should sort of celebrate their almost two decades of putting stuff mm-hmm. out on quality paper. That, uh, yeah, and Just like great uh, photography. Totally. Yeah. Um, you know, you get the B pluses of the world. And, you know, t- uh, it's 15 years later to see my name next to the Paul Tompkins of the world and the Jefferson Maus. I mean, it means a lot. And it, it always provided this sort of platform for nerds to get down with. But it, it, it wasn't just that nerds were a part of it. It was like nerds also wanted to grab it and read it, you yeah. know, and you do right. not throw it away. It's not right. ephemera. Yeah. You know no. what I mean? Yeah. No. And it, 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 never, it never sort of became too highbrow, too academic. At the beginning, it a little kind of bit, was a little bit. Joe Allen and the Dante totally. Carfagna, like a little bit, make art right. stuff. That's actually what I really no, liked but that's what I, I like. When that went away, that's what I like, though. But yeah. you know, you got to start. You got to go hard, and then sort of, uh, yeah. you know, branch out. And right. you know, they ended up being just a global force. You know, putting out records. That there ended up being a Wax Poetics Japan branch, which I also did some stuff for. Which, you know, it, everybody does it for the love and loves the uh, platform. You know, and. For all these like struggling rap writers, and for the most part, every rap writer is a struggling rap writer because right. you don't get to do it full time. There's yeah. always a day job. There's no such thing, right? Right, totally. But you know, when you when you are finished reading um, 
uh, an issue of Wax Poetics, you don't throw it away. You put that Mad Lib issue yeah. up on the shelf. Where I'm sitting, I see my eight early issues. It's the only magazine <laughs> right. in the record shelf. Totally, like, that's it, that's as important as the as records. the records, right? So it, it was able. It had the the ability to do that, and you know, kudos and hats off to those guys for doing it for this long. And I I think it's just the way of the world. I mean, it's just like everything else. Rolling Stone's going to go out of print, uh, right? Eventually, you right. know what I mean. But Rolling Stone is not Wax Poetics to me. Yeah. So. Uh, super happy to be a part of it. And I, I, I'm really looking forward to the pivot. I mean, in the same way that Ego Trip sort of um, dissolved, but then be, still was a cultural force like online. Um, my hopes is that Wax Poetics will do the same. And I don't see why not. I mean, the people involved are just too stellar, to, to be frank. And to be mentioned in the same breath, uh, super stoked and grateful. You know, and thanks for your nice words, Nate. <laughs> no, real talk, though. Um, looking forward to, to what everything brings. I mean, you know, yeah, journalism, it's, rap it's, journalism. It's, it's, it's interesting moment for journalism in general, right? Mm-hmm. This idea, it's in trouble. This idea of, uh, you know, this tactile form of holding, you know, right. a magazine or a newspaper. But you juxtapose that with books is doing I. Right. Yeah. So it's, you just never yeah. know. In the same way that some people talking um, came back and got hot again. Thank you for listening to our podcast. <laughs> um, I, I see that there, I think there is going to be this point, and it may be just in this kind of ironic, you know, kind of kitschy way of the magazine coming back. I think there'll be a if moment. If cassettes can come back, magazines can right, come right. back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Humans want tactile. Yeah. Right, you yeah. want you want to yeah. hold something in your hands. So yeah. I'm a big New Yorker guy. It's a Likewise. big it's a big part of my life. They have done some stellar hip hop journalism. Oh, the, the article that made me want to subscribe uh, was their Jay Z article in 2001, I believe. It was just like, oh, was it 99? It doesn't matter. Was that Sasha Fair? Yeah. Um, I, it was Khalifa Senna. Oh, okay. Uh, um, but he was their music right? I Dave and I have had this ongoing discussion that whoever has the title of pop music critic for the new yorker has the best job in the world best job in the Early world wasu, shout wasu. To San Jose. shouts to uh, wasu man another hero yeah um so and that's just me i come from that it's really important to me to maintain that subscription to read the issues to mm-hmm. you know go through it all and every once in a while to have the moment like this cat person story that right. like bubbles up and goes kind of like lightweight journalistic viral or in this case mm-hmm. short story viral but the thing about a magazine is that it has an aesthetic, a tactility, and a mm-hmm. voice. And it's just, the, it's the best journalism in the world. All right. No, totally. Place, I, so. Collectively as well. I mean, uh, like, like you said, I mean, to, to be um, a publication that centers itself on uh, records and the magazine itself is as, a, uh, is as collectible as the records. Yeah, as a record, yeah. You know? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, rare, absolutely. Rare. Rare. Rare for so, that to happen. I mean, um, yeah, hats off to those guys. We're looking forward to the uh, new venture. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think... There's always going to be a, a space for writing, in in whatever form or or way that shows up for for people is going to change. But this idea of of written analysis of a thing, I don't think we'll ever we're ever getting past that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like as long as there's things, there's going to be a lane for people who want to kind of break down and deconstruct those things. Right. In writing. Right. Right. So, um, and not to toot the horn too much, but if you want to read our breakdowns of the things, you can read them on Nerdtorious.com. Uh, but The All also shut down today. Oh, wow. I don't wow. know if you guys are familiar yeah. with that blogging platform, mm-hmm. uh, AWL. Oh, um, okay. okay. Yeah, so... Uh, one of my favorite journalists and I think one of America's best young writers and one of the best Twitter follows in the world, Gia Tolentino of NewYorker.com, tweeted today, 
where are these young journalists supposed yeah. to right. fuck around? Where yeah. do, where do yeah. you, where can you get your chops? Like right. where do you experiment? Yeah. You can't. I mean, all these when conglomerations sort of take over blogs, it also takes over voices. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah, you need to fuck around. You need to fuck around to find your voice. I yeah, mean, I've been lucky, but I've also written for more publications that are now out of print that are in print. Yes, you know what I mean? but it's just yeah. the way of the world. And yeah, I mean, and, and format changes, right? Yeah. So it's just like records and tapes and things like that. So part of me is like, well, don't get mis- nostalgic about the material aspect of it is the intellectual right, piece right. still there. Are there still places that you can go um, and read great writing? Totally. Back then About we that. had to wait 30 days to get totally. more information. Now my bookmarks on my iPad gives me more than I could ever, totally. ever Want get. Or need. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Totally. But you know, I mean, Ego Trip has been out of print for what, 20 years now? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, that built the reputation of so many. It exists as, yeah. Right. They invented cool, you know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. it, it built the reputation of so many. And I think Wax Poetics has done the same. And so, yeah, I mean, just it, it's sort of sad, but it's sort of uh, a time to celebrate what, what they've done as yeah, well. Yeah, it was a great run. It was, it was just um, epical when it came out. Totally. It, because I had just kind of come out of the college scene of like periodicals, quarterlies. Mm-hmm. They're taking hip hop seriously right. with mm-hmm. a kind of intellectual right. heft yes. that it hadn't yes. been afforded. Yes. And actually not even so much hip hop as the record digging ethos. Yes. It's yes. the kind of message boardy. I used to call it the international mm-hmm. vinyl underground. Yeah. All these yeah. dudes know each other through the mail. Totally. You know, Ooh, it's like totally. the, the, the acid archives and the mm-hmm. kind of like who sampled this and that right. they just, there's a lot of, um, knowledge contained in these dudes heads totally and it started to peek out yeah and I've it, it inevitably got more commercial i think when janelle monet got on the right. cover i was totally. like we've gotten a little bit away right. from what no, totally. i liked about this totally. magazine at the beginning not that she's not great in her own no way. no 100 yeah uh, but i, I want to read about curtis's third drummer totally you know it's like yes. that's that's kind of where i'm coming from yeah. so no, it's totally. you know they had an amazing run um great great magazine great people um, I, I'm definitely going to miss the print issues. I think we'll be excited to see what goes forward. Yeah, I think we're doing like an Amazon sort of on-demand sort of print format. So that's we'll cool. see how that goes. Right you on. Know? I mean, that's it's another business business model. Yeah, but um, for sure. Yeah. God damn you, future. <laughs> um, yeah, man. It's 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 interesting time. Um, you know, I feel like I shouldn't have thrown away a bunch of rat mags. I did that. I think about five to seven mm-hmm. years ago. Um, and yeah, I'm regretting it already. It's funny. I think you mentioned in an earlier episode, like when you, uh, Davey D does the thing where he goes back and looks at the old charts. Looking mm-hmm. at rap magazines is a lot like <laughs> that. As a guy who kept some, right. Right, right, I have right. some in the garage. And when yeah. I'm cleaning out the garage, I'll always get stuck in the Fat farm ads. Oh my yeah. God. Like yeah. a lot of things that just do not yeah. age well. Totally. Um, Where's my Carl Kanai pants? I mean, yeah, totally. When you need them. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, uh. All right, but, kids. So. Rap magazines, before there was the internet, there were tactile magazines where you read about the culture. Uh, Perhaps they'll come back one day. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll just exist in the ether in front of our eyes and we'll read them. Who knows? Dead by Rap Pod.
we have we've grown immensely from from episode one it's like episode one you know nate had a tank top it was <laughs> you know what i mean it's like dave was drinking slit small liquor bull it was it was rough but we've we've grown we've evolved and now we have a an incredible um interview with a, a hip-hop legend and the term hip-hop legend gets thrown around way too much there are pioneers and there are legends. Uh, the interview we have for you guys today is definitely with a hip-hop legend, um, producer, impresario, um, comedic, and beat-making genius, Prince Paul. Um, Nate and Dave had a conversation with them. I was not present because I am lame. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what really kind of was driven home for me. Um but man, it's just it's 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 literally amazing when you think about um, his track record, his work with De La Soul, his um, his individual releases, which we'll talk about. He's he's got um, an anniversary record coming out. Handsome um, boy, handsome boy, right. modeling school, Prince of Grave Thieves, Diggers, Grave dude. Diggers, right? Um, just such an an incredible and and varied career. Right. Um, one of the more interesting catalogs in hip hop. Um, I was not present as I, as I have mentioned, um, how was that for you guys? How, how was it hard not to just kind of like fanboy out on the uh, whole no, thing? We, well, it's not hard cause we just did. <laughs> uh, it's like, I fucking love Prince Paul. I right. love early day yeah. Soul. I love psychoanalysis. We didn't even talk about psychoanalysis cause Dave has talked to him about it before, but huge record for me. Um, the point of this interview was to give Paul a format to right. promote the redux, which is his remake mm. of his previous album the politics of the business and as you'll hear he just was kind of never satisfied with that and he wanted to redo it so we what we really want to the highlight to be here is you got to go to Bandcamp, you got to download the redux um this is brilliant work by a brilliant hip-hop tactician Mm -hmm. um who's doing that for you who's totally kind of deciding they don't like their classic album and going back and redoing it for free i mean Um, kanye's doing that with pablo but in real time Yes. You know I mean? <laughs> he's doing that it's in real time level of tinkering absolutely absolutely yeah. and right. we, we kind of touch on that as well but um he's really funny he's super real he's just a great guy right um we also want to uh promote he's doing kind of like a master class thing with the engineer scotty hart mm-hmm. oh, nice. um nice. we'll we'll tweet out the links and everything um but um i guess just want to say he's as real as it gets right he's a great dude he's really funny um, it was an absolute honor to talk to him. Um, I'm, as we do this more, maybe I'll stop freaking out about it. But the whole day, I'm just like, I get to talk to Prince Paul. Totally. Today. Totally. This is a great day. I know. I know. Um, Dave and I did an interview with Lee Fields for Notorious back in the day, and it was kind of a similar <laughs> level mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. uh, hello, Mr. Fields. Totally. Um, I'd totally. like to say that your singing is very good. <laughs> um, but Prince Paul, I've actually been listening to my whole life. Totally. Like, uh, Dela, the Three Feet High and Rising came out when I was eight years old. Like he's kind of defined my right, musical right. life, and I just I love his style. I just yeah. really it was a, it was a privilege. I've uh, I've inter- I've had the privilege of interviewing him probably four or five times now, and you know one thing that comes across is he's the most humble dude ever. Completely, he's the guy that shows up at your dinner party and cracks jokes, but it just put out genius work, and he's that guy. And uh, you know just just to be able to get him on the mic and uh, you know just to talk to him again on a Tuesday afternoon, what a privilege. And um, I think what we want to hammer home is check out the Redux. Yes, and, um, it's really yes. good. It's it's fantastic. And you know, and real talk. I mean, this is later Paul. This is later Prince Paul. Yeah. And you know, that's what three decades deep, maybe. Yeah. 
So, Damn. you know, I, 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 we're honored to have done it. Thank you again, Paul. And we're really glad to uh, present this. Um, but uh, please uh, overlook the beeps in the uh, the amateur so, hour recording. Damone, so, I think you can uh, bust so a disclaimer. I was I was not present for said recording, and mistakes were made. You know, <laughs> mistakes were made. Um, you know, it's about growing as a family together through tough times. No, um, you know the 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 recording's a little janky, guys. But um, you know, hopefully, what comes across the is, gist is there. Yeah, Paul, Paul's is, greatness and humor. The person, the personality, and yeah. also, um, you know, we want to again go cop redux. Um, hip hop doesn't hip hop fans don't do a good enough job about taking care of their legends. Word. Mick, Mick Jagger, you know, shits on gold toilet bowls, um, and hasn't had a great record in 20 years, maybe 30. But we as hip hop fans, I, I think, don't do enough to, um, to support and kind of. Make sure that our legends are taken care of. Not that Paul's starving, but I just want to kind of put that out. So without further ado, the super incredible, dope Barbara Walters interview with crying and childhood. No, the super dope, incredible interview with hip hop legend Prince Paul Dead Bod Rap Pod. Okay, cool. So um, again, um, to my left is an associate of mine. His name is Nate. He'll also be throwing some questions at you as well. What's up, man? Thanks, okay, man. Cool. Thank you for talking to us. Yeah, I appreciate it. Cool, man. So, um, you know, let's just start off um, about some recent stuff that you've been in the news for. Um, talk a little bit about the Beyond the Beat and um, why do you um, want to start something like that? You know, talking about building drama and overall sound design. How's that going? Uh, yeah, well, a good friend of mine, an engineer, Scotty Harden, hit me up and he was like, yo, Last year, I taught this class. It was an engineering class um, for, you know, a good friend of mine who has this thing called Underground Futures Alliance. They want to, he wants to know if you'd like to do a class. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a teacher. It's like, what do I teach? Like, I, you know, I come from the school of, uh, really, like, you know, of course, back then, you get, you get a piece of equipment, and then you just figure it out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just right, read the manual. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you just thought, oh, okay, and then you go to my house and, and they, they do something a little different. You go, well, how'd you do that? And you kind of learn from that. So that's how I thought it would be. But he's like, no, let's teach, like, more electric philosophies and just the thought behind it because nowadays kids usually just trade off beats. You know, like, you have a CD, just make a few beats on, on you know, whatever. Um you know, piece of equipment they have, and, you know, the person rhymes on, they send it back. There's really no sitting around and, and cultivating, like, you know, properly producing something and having a vibe and stuff to it. So it's more like teaching that, teaching how to communicate, teaching how to actually use your imagination and make stuff. <laughs> it's, but, you know, it's really going back to really making music, you know, in my eyes. Okay, okay. Um, okay, awesome, man. Um what, what do you think when, you, when you're up there in the classroom, what, what's the most important thing to keep in mind while producing? I think there are no limitations. You know, uh, I think people kind of get their self. You know, because of what, first, I think the first thing is what's your ultimate goal? You know, it's it, 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 like, I want to be in club, it can happen, whatever, you know, desired effect you have, you have to figure out, I think, where you want to go at times. But if you're just being uh, an artist and you're just like, yo, I'm just trying to 
do have however I feel, I would say that there's there's no limitations. Like you your imagination to me is your best friend. And there's anything you want to do, you figure out how to do it and you get it done. And I think nowadays people are talking about what other people think that they limit themselves. They're like, yeah, yeah. No, no, they don't think I'm crazy in the streets. You know, and they start being get limited, you know, and, and, and music just sounds the same. You said there's a comfort zone, you sound like somebody else who's been tried and tested, you know, and it, it happens more so, I think, nowadays. I guess ever since the, the like generation, everyone wants to be liked, they're really scared to venture out, you know, right. So it's weird. Okay. Cool, man. Let's talk about uh, your most recent project, which is the Redux. Um, all the fans want to thank you for putting that out for free. Very generous of you. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm glad to put it out. It. Uh, what was it about politics of the business that made you want to revisit it and kind of make it this new project? Well, politics of the business is probably one of the few records I made that I just don't go back and listen. So from the onset, I was a little uncomfortable with it and making it you know, I kind of did it out of anger because it was a risk between me and the label because I felt like I wasn't getting any support with Prince of Monkeys mm-hmm. um, at the time. And, uh, and I was like, and so I was like, you know, probably sarcastic. Oh, you want this? Why? I'm exactly what you want. I have to express myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I thought it was a cool record. I mean, to me, in my eyes, it wasn't like, oh, my God, this is horrible. But it's something I wouldn't have made. Okay. And so looking back to it, I go, man, this is not me. You know, let me, out of all the, the material I've made, let me, let me, you know, I, I'm pretty comfortable with. This one I'm not comfortable with. I, oh, no, I think, I think if anything ever happened to me, God, we much passed last year in, in June. And it just really had me thinking, like, Man, you know, would I be cool with if, if something ever happened to me, this being a representation of my music? I'm sure people will overlook at it. You know, because think about it. When, when MCs or whatever and people pass on, they always look at the greatest work. They rarely troll the worst thing. You know, like, oh, man, they'll take all the bright moments. But to me, I want my, my reputation flawless, but I want to be comfortable with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yo, know, let me take the read, let me take um, politics, some of the songs, some other new stuff that I had, some old beats, some new beats, and let me make something I'm really comfortable with and I like it. I know I can play over and over again and be cool with it. And okay. that was just the process. It was, you know, I wrote it down, and this is what I want to do, and I started putting it together, and I was like, wow, this is cool. You know, no way I could sell it, but, you know, let me give it away. You know, if somebody likes it, cool. If they don't, then it's cool, but I'm happy. Yeah, uh, we really like it. I think it's um, it's a really great representation of blending the new and the old, and kind of uh, you know just another great Prince Paul album for the for the files. So um, thanks again, and um, we're big fans of how it turned out. It's just interesting to hear people revisit their work um, and refine it in that manner. I think that I can't remember anyone else really doing that. So another Prince Paul innovation. <laughs> you know what? And let's put that out there because. I'm cool with history making. I've Man. never <laughs> in my life have heard anybody remix a whole entire project of their own stuff on their own. Yeah. And put it out. Ever. So in the history of all music <laughs> every remix an album, people also remix your stuff, but nobody said, I'm not I don't like this album. 
you know, and I'm going to redo it. Yeah, it's when uh, Kanye put out Life of Pablo and was tinkering with it in the weeks afterwards, but right, totally next level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, thank you. And I thought of that. I thought of that too. This is where the ego comes. In. I'm like, no way on this. You know, this would be something I got to put in the history. You know, archives. <laughs> well, um, we were just listening to the Redux uh, recently again, and. Um, and on it, um, on the Redux, you have some of the most um, lyrically dense MCs ever uh, on the project. What's, what's Prince Paul's take on mumble rap these days? On <laughs> <laughs> mumble rap? Um, I'm kind of directly and indirectly uh, kind of, uh, you know, associate to mumble rap in a weird way and kind of six-degree separation. And because my son, DJ Salute, is not necessarily a mumble rapper, but it's that world. Okay. So, so it's something that I think I would not have sat and listened to on my own. But seeing that my son is in that world of, you know, hmm. kids, you know, uh, tattooing your faces and stuff. <laughs> not that he has that, but, you know, it, it, it opens me up to listen to more of that. Now, sure. Am I a patron? Do I go out and purchase it? No. And you know what I'm saying? Can I listen to some of it? Some of the beats really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I put a little content in the idea like, uh, I, I, you know. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. You know what I'm Like, you know, it's a lyrical era. You know, lyrics to everything. You know, music is everything, too. Don't get me wrong, but. You know, say something, say something, but yeah, kids like. Um, according to your social media presence, you're out on the road DJing a lot these days. Um, what can fans expect from a Prince Paul DJ set? Um, you know, it goes, it varies. Everything goes with mood, right? Like when I first out spinning, you know. Uh, you know, back in the day, days, it was just like show off and show how nice I am. And right. then it got to the point where I drop the party and show how nice I am. And then it was teaching behind people. And then you go through stuff in life. And then, you know, I went to the point of uh, making stuff really funny and having a good time and wilding out. And then I kind of calmed down. All I have to say is nowadays, um, and, and as I told Quest Love, when I'm out and I'm DJing, I'm out to annihilate every DJ that's on the bill. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, because he talked about it. He's like, oh, you rock this. We're going to party together. And I'm like, uh, the thing, I'm like, you know how to kill you. Like, whatever you do, it's like, whatever the name is, whatever, it, it's, I'm from that era. I'm, I'm I've been DJing since the 70s. It's like, wow. you don't see anybody. You, 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 you think of the sound, you know, so. Yeah. And to get the crowd going, like, nonstop. You want to have to end of your set, people just go, oh, my gosh, the ambulance came. Everybody's famous. This guy has, you know, people are taking bolsters, and this girl has orgasm. You know, that, that's a desired effect, you know? Yeah. It's a lofty goal, but I'm sure you meet it. Uh, <laughs> okay, I try. Are you still hitting the record stores when you when you travel around? No, of course not. You know, and, and, that, and, that, and, and that's, that's one of those things that, you know, it is, you know, 
so it's so classic DJ. You know what I'm saying? Like before you go into town or promote anybody or anybody who's closely related to whatever gig you're doing, they go, "Hey man, you want to go digging?" <laughs> You know, it's almost racial. Like, you want black ticket on the bill? You know, it's just like, it's just like, what? I'll come to the DJ. I get it. You're not trying to add 30 pounds to your luggage on every stop? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I like records. They don't excite me as as much as Barman, 
Yeah, it's funny. I still talk to Barn. Um, uh, off actually. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, it's the weirdest thing, and I hope this doesn't prompt people to, to send me random crap, which I still get random crap, but <laughs> he emailed me 45 he did called um, Pan Man or Enter Pan Man or something. We directed, and I heard it. This was like in the late 90s, middle 90s. And I was like, yo, this is so bizarre. He's obviously this white kid, and he's rapping off beat. But his subject, his lyrical content, is stuff I've never heard before. It was just so freaking smart. And it, it, at that point, I, it, it seemed like there was a lot of done that. You know, everybody's trying to be a gangster. Everybody's trying to be this. You know, everybody's trying to be like puppy. And you know, and so it, it was it was refreshing to me to, to hear um, words that weren't recycled and thought they weren't recycled. It was something new. So if you sent me the, the, you know, the record, and I hit him up, you know, which I rarely do. Man, I'm like, yo, this is incredible. He's <laughs> really got to sit down and talk. And then after meeting him, I was like, yo, he's really, really nervous. <laughs> like, like, happy. Like, hey, you know, like, I'm comfortable with him. Sit down, dude, you know, so well, he had so many ideas and so many things written and, He's really excited about working with me and recording that. We literally, we did that record. I call it my God record. We did everything in seven days from recording <laughs> to post-production to mixing down. All within seven wow. days. Wow. I did that record, and I didn't, I remember because he was real nervous about, you know, lyrical content and what people are going to say. <laughs> For somebody who doesn't care what people say, he really cares about what people say. So I didn't let him get a record until it was pressed. And it was done. So he couldn't go and make it. Which made him upset. You know? That's how you get something done in seven days, right? Don't tinker. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, because, you know, he was like, well, what do you say? Everything was just like, oh, I'm just going to stop. Trust me. You know, it's going to get ego off the kicking. It's like, don't trust me. I've done this before. Like, you know, let's get it done. You kept on doing that too much. I was like, Never let it hear. I just think it was pressed. And it was out. Right. And you complain about them, but in hindsight now, it's like, yo, this is the best thing ever. Thank you, thank you so much. Um, I, I like that right here. It's just awesome. Right on. Right on. Um, a lot of your career has been based on collaborations, like with Daylaw and Automator, et cetera. You're a producer, kind of behind-the-scenes guy who's also been a successful solo artist. So do you have a philosophy of how you approach collaboration or you go in with a certain set of ideas when you know you're going to be kind of finding middle ground? I, th I think it, it, for me, any collaboration starts with conversation. You know, it, it's not even like that work it and stop fantasizing crap. It, it, it's really, uh, can, we, can we be cool for us? And what do we have in common? What's our common ground? You know, mm -hmm. and then that usually sparks up ideas, you know. I mean, a good example of that, aside from working with the original the automator, you know, conversation. I admire your work. You, you know, you admire my work. And then some idle chit chat happens. You watch Good Life? Yeah, I love Good Life. Remember that episode of Hanson Mala School? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can make school right. You know, things like that seem more organic than trying to sit down there and say, yo, R. Kelly, Jay Z, that's the both world. <laughs> you know, you know, right. So same thing with Rizzo. Like I've known Rizzo since 
in a friend in my business since he was a teenager. So, you know, I've known him for a minute, you know, the cool thing about him back then, he was just really open to learning stuff, and, you mm-hmm. know, and kind of just sitting like, yeah, man, you know, how do you work this? How does this happen? And, 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 you know, what do you use? And, and that kind of made it kind of fun to me because I was young back then. It was almost, I was almost mentoring him at the time. Mm-hmm. Was what it was right. like, you know, and, and as we got older and, you know, and I did the simple two years and we did the great biggest thing, you know, he had – at that given time, man, like, he was just, yo, I'm ready to rule the world. I don't know how it's going to happen. I got a ton of MCs. I got this whole thing planned. I'm doing cool. So he was, and he was just, this energy made me, like, man, yeah, do it, do it. And he's going to get way another level, obviously. Like, you see now, I'm just trying to go, ah, you know what I'm saying? And he's like, yeah, man, I'm like, yeah, we're playing it cool. We got to do the great biggest thing, man. Right. <laughs> 
Um, so I guess uh, one thing we wanted to add just to kind of tie this back into the episode we're recording for is uh, did you have a favorite album of last year? Any genre, any kind of music, or anything you just listened to a lot? Yeah, I listened to anything a lot last year. Uh, that's true. <laughs> but, you know, but you know what's not bad? That my daughter listens to a lot, and it's been playing in the house, and I just got so used to it, so I liking it, is that uh, rapper, her name is No Name, from Chicago. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Telephone. I love yeah. that record. We're big fans of the record. Yeah, that, that, uh, that be uh, very flattered. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, 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 um, you know, my daughter's just into that Chicago kind of vibe, keyboard and road sound music, you know what I'm saying? And which is nice, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, so it's like, you know, whatever, you know, that, you know, how about the DJs for little movies? Well, yeah, he's right. But no name and chance the rapper and people like that.